What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. Did you know... That Bob Huggins, who's been the head coach at West Virginia since 2007, played at West Virginia from 1975 to 1977. I did not know that. That's part of the reason why uh, he stays in Morgantown, I think, and that's also part of the reason why he's so beloved in Morgantown. Bob Huggins, as a senior, averaged 13.2 points per game, scored almost 1,000 points uh, in his college basketball career, got a tryout with the Philadelphia 76ers, Uh, after his senior year, and then instead got into coaching. And, in fact, started his coaching career uh, at West Virginia, then went on to coach at Ohio State, Central Florida, became the head coach at Akron in the mid-1980s, famously coached Cincinnati for 17 seasons, 1989 to 2005, Kansas State for a couple years, and has been excuse me, at West Virginia since 2007. Bob Huggins uh, is – he's getting close. He's won 934 games. 692 win percentage, so pretty uh, outstanding for him. Won a unbelievable number uh, of conference titles. Why are we talking about Bob Huggins? Because that's where Raekwon Battle uh, chose to go play. That's who he chose to go play for, the Montana State star on his way uh, to West Virginia. Welcome back to On Is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in the first hour of the show, fun first hour, we broke down Raekwon Battle transferring. We also talked about Isaac Jones, the newcomer of the year from the uh, University of Idaho. He'll have a chance to be the newcomer of the year in another conference because he's out at Idaho into the transfer portal. And uh, we also talked about the phenomenon of seemingly the only team in the big sky right now that's bringing in players instead of losing players in men's and women's basketball is the Montana men's and women's basketball team. So we talked about that phenomenon a little bit. J.J. Dolan, a Missoula Sentinel senior, joined us. Uh, here in studio to talk about his great football career there for the Spartans, as well as uh, his now next step to go uh, to Montana State. And then uh, Malia Egan also joined us. She is a uh, senior at Colstrip High School and uh, also headed on her way uh, to Montana State. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold. On game day or any other day, the Nuanas Now podcast also presented by Blackfoot Communications. 
Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. We got a trend going on, and this is this is why karma is real, and this is why uh, you don't brag about your betting life, or you don't you don't uh, share too much about you know your fantasy football team, or what's your wager, or whatever. As soon as you start bragging about how great Christian McCaffrey's doing on your fantasy football team, that's when he gets hurt, right? That's just how the sports gods work. As soon as you start bragging about how low your golf handicap is, you can go shoot a ninety-seven. This is how it works. Well, I, I was bragging about. Uh, being on fire when it comes to betting the NBA playoffs. I had a nice run, won every day for uh, seven days in a row. And uh, then I started talking smack about Jimmy Butler. He threw it right in my face. I started talking smack about Trey Young. He threw it right in my face. Last night, I was rolling with all three favorites, and uh, my parlay got totally busted because even though Denver won uh, to eliminate Minnesota and even though Phoenix won to eliminate the Clippers, the Atlanta Hawks extended the series for one more game, and, and Trey Young was shooting... 30-footers, he scored 38, he hit the game-winning shot, and uh, Atlanta lives to play another day. So maybe I should just stop hating on teams like the Hawks and the Heat because uh, I got egg on my face two days in a row. But I digress. Uh, we'll have plenty of NBA playoffs later on here in the week. But right now it's time for our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. The NFL Draft starts tomorrow night at 6 p.m. The first round will be in prime time. We'll have it right here on ESPN Radio, so we'll roll right into it. Our good friend Marty Mordenweg will come in studio with us for the second hour tomorrow, so we'll have plenty more uh, NFL Draft talk tomorrow. But let's get into some NFL Draft right now. If you want to go watch the NFL Draft, certainly do it down there at Paradise Falls. They have uh, great food and drink specials. They have an early and a late happy hour so if you're kicking it down there between 6 and, let's say, 9 or 10 o'clock, you can hit them both. Or you can just go in the middle, whatever. Go hang out watch the NFL Draft at Paradise Falls uh, tomorrow night. Paradise Falls located on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Let's talk all things NFL Draft. First of all, I'll start with my annual rant about this. I totally get position value. It's basic business, right? The three highest paid positions in the NFL right now are quarterback number one, probably offensive tackle, edge rusher, and corner are probably all in a mix depending on the caliber of the player. But I'd I'd probably say quarterback one, disruptive defensive lineman two, and then uh, 3A and 3B are offensive tackle and corner. So I, I totally get why... Those are the positions that are going to be drafted in the first round. It's just basic economics. It's just basic supply and demand. It's also just what the market has been set. If you're going to draft a player in the first round, they're going to get a guaranteed contract. The guaranteed salary number that they're going to get is going to make them uh, paid competitively per their position without ever playing in the NFL. Now, if you're paid competitively at your position as a quarterback, there's still probably 20 to 25 quarterbacks in the league that are going to get be, be, that are going to be getting paid more than the number one overall pick in the draft tomorrow. But let's say a running back like Bajon Robinson, for example, out of Texas. Let's say he went in the top 10. Well, now because you picked him in the top 10, the guaranteed money he's going to receive is going to make him one of the highest paid running backs in the, the NFL. 
that impacts the market. It, in fact, breaks the market in certain ways because now he resets the market. So now guys that are, you know, that, that still have upside, you know, the Jonathan Taylors of the world that are getting towards their second contract, that, you know, Derrick Henry. Uh, and that's the other thing is running backs are never going to get paid like quarterbacks. So often, or, or corners or whatever, all those positions I just named, you get done with your rookie contract, you're trying to sign your gigantic second contract. That's just not really the case for running backs unless you're just exceptional. And, and so then it, it gets skewed, right? Because I think Bajan Robinson out of Texas is one of the best players in this draft, period. I think barring some sort of complete catastrophe or complete unforeseen circumstances, I think Robinson will be a, a great running back day one. I think he'll be one of the, the better running backs in the league at the very minimum. I was reading an article about him on ESPN.com, and they were talking about how this kid, his his floor is a 7 out of 10. Like, he's going to be one of the better running backs in the league no matter what for a short period of time. Can he be one of the best running backs in the league for a long period of time? That's what's good. it's going to need to happen for him to truly get paid. But but the guy, in terms of best available, might be a top five uh, running back. Bijan is how you pronounce it. Sorry. Um, thank you, Brooks. Uh, babe, bro, listening in giving me the copy editing. Uh, but I, I think that if you were to rank the top players in this draft, just based on pure talent and pure ability to translate straight into the NFL, Robinson would absolutely be one of the, the I don't know, two, three, four best guys available. I mean, right now ESPN.com has him ranked number two behind Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Hold that thought. We'll get to Bryce Young here uh, in just a little while. So I get why we're going to see uh, a bunch of, of quarters and quarterbacks and tackles go tomorrow night. I totally get why that's happening. It's just basic business. But that also doesn't – I also think, though, that depending on who the team is and what situation they are in, this is why sometimes in the NFL draft the rich get richer. And it's why sometimes the teams that have great scouting departments and great – uh, draft strategies, like how is it that the, the Baltimore Ravens almost always get one of the best defensive players available in the first round, even though the Baltimore Ravens are almost never bad, they're almost never picking in the first half of the first round, yet they almost always, I mean, it happened again last year, they got Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, he's supposed to be a top five pick, and the great safety falls into the teens. It happened when they got C.J. Mosley. It happened when they got Patrick Queen. I mean, Patrick Queen was one of the best linebackers in all of college football, and he falls to 30. Well, this is how the the, the rich get richer for sure, uh, and it's also why sometimes the teams that don't draft very well at all, the teams that have poor reputations in the front office, I'm looking at you, Washington, whatever you are now, Washington Commanders. I'm looking at you, Cleveland Browns. There's a reason, I mean, the Cleveland Browns had a top five pick pretty much every year for like 20 years straight, and they blew it almost every time. Part of it is just bad luck, but part of it is just bad scouting. Like, Tim Couch didn't become anything. Courtney Brown became nothing. Trent Robinson became nothing. They picked. They got Miles Garrett, and he's become something great, but they haven't been able to really capitalize on it when it comes to wins. So I guess what I'm saying is, even though I understand why there's going to be a, a run of quarterbacks, edge guys, offensive tackles and cornerbacks, sometimes I think you're going to have a lot more security and a lot more success 
drafting a guy like Robinson, who's the best player at his position, than you are drafting whoever might be the third or fourth or fifth best quarterback, the fourth or fifth or sixth best offensive tackle, the sixth best corner. So let's get into then 10 fun facts that I found for you about this year's NFL draft. It's the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls uh, of Missoula. Number one, no Alabama player has ever been taken number one in the common draft era. That knocked my socks off. It's Jeff's face. I wish I could put it on TV. He's, he's surprised as well on the other side of the glass. Uh, Alabama's had, I think, unquestionably top three or four most players drafted in the first round over the last. This is in the common draft era, so that's dating back to 1967. Alabama, if they're not number one, they're definitely in the top three or four. They have to be. I can't imagine anybody else besides maybe, I don't know, Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State. Alabama has to be up there, if not absolutely leading the pack in first-round picks during the common draft era. They've never had a player go number one. They've had years over the last 10 or 15 years where they've had five, six, and sometimes even seven players go in the first round. There's only 32 picks. Sometimes a quarter of the first round has been Alabama. They never had a guy go number one. So could Bryce Young make history? We shall see. Uh, I thought that his comments today were classic. Uh, Somebody asked him, the the overwhelming narrative around Bryce Young, if you're not familiar with him, he was, I believe, the National High School Player of the Year, certainly one of the top uh, high school recruits in the country. He, He goes to Alabama. He plays early on. And he's done nothing but impress. He's five foot ten, two hundred and four pounds, though, and he had to pack on like twelve or fifteen pounds to get up over two hundred pounds leading into the NFL Combine. So there's questions of if he's too small. In the NFL, it's almost certainly not a matter of if, but when you get hurt, especially if you're a quarterback. And so I do think that the fact that people are knocking Bryce Young for being so small is a little bit overblown. Guys of all different sizes that play quarterback have a high uh, chance of getting hurt. I, I think Bryce Young has that moxie. He's got that that natural, intangible ability. He he's been sort of the chosen one since he was super young. So I don't I don't think I think that the thing that matters the most with these young quarterbacks coming in is can they win the locker room? Can they? be men, and lead men. Baker Mayfield's antics during his time at Oklahoma were cute and everything, and people loved him wearing his headband and jamming the Oklahoma flag in the middle of Ohio State Field. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy when you're 23 and you're leading a bunch of 19-year-olds. They think that sort of sophomoric behavior is cool, and you're, you're deemed as passionate. Well, then Baker Mayfield's been that same sort of guy in the NFL, and... He's been on the hunt for a job as a former number one overall pick because he can't captivate the locker room. Why do guys like Justin Herbert fit in right away? Because he's wicked smart. He can diagnose things easily. He's putting in the work. He has a likable personality. It's, it's the same thing with Mahomes. And, and, and that's why there's question marks with guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And I think that the intangible element of being a leader is one of the most important parts if you're going to be a first-round draft pick as a quarterback. Bryce Young comes from a program in Alabama that has great leadership development. He has also been that dude since he walked onto campus. So uh, it would be interesting because Alabama has become sort of 
uh, without much fanfare, quarterback you. I mean, you've had Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones all be first-round picks out of Alabama in, in recent years. But now, Bryce Young might be the one that's the first number one overall pick. And if that happened, it would be the first Alabama player ever taken number one overall uh, in the common draft era. Fun facts here about the NFL draft on Nuanas Now. It's ESPN Radio, SWX by Ted Television, and the ESPN MT app. You want to be a part of the conversation, 406-888-1029. Triple eight one zero two nine. Some feedback from my brother. Uh, this is good. He said, uh, this is from Daniel Daniel Jeremiah and Todd McShay analyzing the NFL draft leading up to it. Starts at 6 p.m. on Thursday, by the way. Uh, those guys said, it's okay to draft for depth pieces and not top-end talent. Uh, Robinson out of Texas, the running back, is among the best players in the draft, and he'll go before 20 uh, as a result. We're going to stick on... Um, B. John Robinson in a little while because I have a question for Andrew about it because there is a possibility that he'd be available at number 10. What does that mean for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, but we got to keep going through some of these fun facts about the NFL draft. Uh, n- number two fun fact, the number one overall pick, which was dealt by the Bears uh, about, what, a month and a half ago? I, I remember seeing the news flash when I was sitting in Butte uh, broadcasting leading up to the Class AA State Tournament, so I guess that would have been uh, early March. The Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Panthers. I think that's indicative of the Bears very much believing that not necessarily Justin Fields is the savior, but that Justin Fields is better than any of the guys available in the draft. We'll come back to that as well. I think it's more indicative that they think that Justin Fields is better than guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. That, that's what I think them trading that number one overall pick means uh, ultimately. They trade it, though, to Carolina. The trademark's just the 12th time in history the number one overall pick has changed hands ahead of the draft. The last time this happened, the Los Angeles Rams uh, traded up to number one to select Jared Goff in 2016. Number three fun fact about the NFL draft, the past five number one overall picks in the NFL draft have made the playoffs within their first three seasons. Now, I'm telling you this. uh, I think it's going to be uphill sledding in Carolina for no matter who gets drafted, whether it's Bryce Young or uh, C.J. Stroud, but especially if it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, that stat is going to be almost impossible to continue on. I don't think if Carolina drafts either Richardson or Levis uh, that they're going to be in the playoffs within three seasons. Fourth fun fact, in the common draft era, there have been three instances of QBs being selected with each of the first three picks. It happened in 2021. It happened in 1999, and it happened in 1971. We'll circle back around to that one, too, because I want to know who the guys were that were picked uh, in the top three in each of those years. Um, Number five fun fact, since Peyton Manning went number one in 1998 uh, out of Tennessee, 18 of the last 25 number one overall picks have been quarterbacks. Only eight QBs went first overall in the first 31 years of the common draft. So that, that shows you how big of a uh, priority has been put on the quarterback position. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, and the Philadelphia Eagles each finished with winning records this last season. The Lions were a, uh, a, a Sunday away from making the playoffs. The Seahawks did make the playoffs, and the Eagles played for the Super Bowl. So three teams that were either playoff and or Super Bowl contenders 
picking in the top 10, if those three teams sit where they're at right now uh, in the draft, and I know uh, the the uh, the Eagles are at 10, um, the Lions are at 6, and the Seahawks are at 5. If they sit there, Seahawks at 5, Lions at 6, and, and Eagles at 10, it'll be the first year since 1969 that three teams with winning records have all picked in the top 10. That's what I'm talking about, about front office management. I was dogging on the, the Washington Commanders and the Cleveland Browns. You know what has a great front office? Philadelphia. Like, like, managing your assets to go to the Super Bowl and be able to afford Jalen Hurts as the, the highest-paid player in the NFL now and have a top-10 pick, that's great management overall. Number seven fun fact about the NFL draft. Over the past four drafts, the earliest a running back has been drafted was with the 24th pick. Uh, we talked about B. John Robinson, uh, and uh, I think he's just such a great talent. We'll see where he could go. Uh, as Brooks was mentioning, maybe a team does draft for depth, or maybe they don't necessarily need positional value. Maybe it's one of those, those teams that had winning records last year. I don't think Seattle will be in the market for a running back, but Detroit might. That could be pretty interesting. Andrew, do you think the Eagles should be in the running uh, for a, a running back? Miles Sanders was good last year. Uh, in fact, Miles Sanders was very good, and the Eagles, I believe, set an NFL record for rushing touchdowns in a season. Part of that's their quarterback as well. Where are we at with the Eagles running backs? W- would you take Robinson as a pick for the, the, the Eagles this year? Well, that's why it's a good thing I'm not a GM, because my heart says yes. My heart says absolutely, man. You can get a guy who all the draft analysts agree is a, a top-five overall talent neglecting positional scarcity and everything in the draft. He's almost certainly still going to be there at 10. You can get him and pair him up with Jalen Hurts for the next five years. Right. My heart as an Eagles fan says, yes, absolutely, I want to do that because I'm envisioning, you know, multiple Super Bowls with those guys in the backfield. (laughs) Can a running back win you a Super Bowl, though? Well, that's the issue. That's the issue, right? The the Chiefs, the, the, the Eagles are not a running back away from the Chiefs. Uh, that's I. I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, here's what Robinson ha- has to be able to do to warrant top ten value. He is absolutely going to be able to run the ball between the tackles. I mean, he he led all college football the last two years in yards after contact. He's averaging almost four yards per con- after contact, and averaging almost seven yards a carry in the in the uh, in the Big Twelve. He'll be able to run. I mean, can he res- can he catch the ball? He does that well too. I mean, that's why all these guys are saying as a running back yeah. prospect, he's as close to perfect as we've seen, you know, since Saquon Barkley and maybe even before Saquon, you know? For sure. And if, if he's a guy who's like, man, he really is the best running back in the league, that's the kind of guy you're picturing putting next to Jalen Hurts. But my head says Coulter, no, I don't want the Eagles to take him at 10. I want the Eagles to take, you know, is Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, the, the interior lineman, going to be there? Can you trade that pick back and pick up another first-round pick for next year? Yeah. that That's what I prefer the Eagles to do because, uh, you know, aside from my fantasy of just putting him next to Jalen Hurts, first of all, there's the downside risk here, Coulter. There's, there's a chance that he's not the best running back in the league. There's a chance he's the fifth-best running back in the sure. league, which, while good— that's you're not pay, what you're paying. You're off to a, an inauspicious start when it comes to paying him. That's right, and 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 you know the opportunity cost of not using the number ten pick on, 
you know, maybe an offensive lineman who you can plug in there for the next 10 years. Maybe a defensive lineman who can, you know, shore up that position. Because the other thing is, even if he is the best running back in the league, yeah. how long is his career going to last? How many years are you going to get out of him? The, the three teams that had winning records last year that are in the top 10 are in varying different positions. The Eagles are in the best position because the Eagles don't have to debate if they're going to draft one of these five quarterbacks that are like fringe to surefire first-round talents. So that eliminates half of the confusion. They're not drafting any of these guys because they got their guy in Jalen Hurts. Well, and if one of those guys falls, they're going to take calls from people wanting to move up to that 10 spot for them. That's right. So that's a power position. Uh, the guys that are probably going to be available are the best players. Like if Jalen Carter fell there to to Philadelphia, I think that would be uh, tough to pass him by, even though he does have uh, what, what a quote-unquote character issues. He's in the car accident where some people from the Georgia football program died. It was a horrible and tragic situation. Uh, but he he's the next in these great line of, of defensive linemen uh, out of Georgia. And then there's also probably going to be one of the two or three best offensive tackles, and there's going to probably also be, well, there's certainly going to be a glut of corners. That's the thing that the scouts are saying is this is not necessarily that great of a draft because you don't have a generational prospect at quarterback, but the one spot where maybe not generational prospects, but a bunch of pretty good guys that are going to be good in the NFL right away is at cornerback. So if you had your pick, would you take the d lineman? Would you take the cornerback? Would you take the tackle, uh, depending on who's best available? I think I would prefer for one of the offensive tackles to fall there. You know, Pete Skaronsky or Broderick Johnson, uh, one of the top, top offensive linemen in the league, because that's the area where the Eagles, I know Jason Kelsey's coming back for another year. That's the area where the Eagles are getting really old. You know, Lane Johnson has had some injury issues. Uh, obviously, I think they're they're really high on Jalen Carter. They would love for him to fall. I think if the Eagles are keeping the pick and not trading back, I'd want one of the top offensive linemen. We will have so much more NFL Draft conversation tomorrow. The entire second hour, Marty Mornoway will be in studio, our co-host for the Monday afternoon quarterback during the NFL season. Uh, He'll join us in studio for the second hour to lead you right into the NFL Draft. I have a whole bunch of buy-sells that I did, and I want to talk individually about each one of the quarterbacks, but we're up against it. Our good buddy Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey coach, and now uh, burgeoning NHL analyst. He'll help us launch our Stanley Cup playoffs weekly uh, installment here on Nuanas Now. So I want to just finish up my my 10 fun facts here on the ESPN Roundtable. Uh, number eight, among active players in the 2022 season, 64% were drafted after the third round or went undrafted. So the guys that were making up most of the rosters weren't necessarily uh, top two-round picks, top 60-something uh, overall selections. Fun fact number nine, players selected during day three of the 2022 NFL draft totaled the most snaps, 39,367, the most games, 1,445, and the most starts, 356, of any day three rookie class since 2010. So you can find great, great value uh, on the third day of the NFL draft when rounds four through seven play out. And uh, number 10, the 2022 draft featured 37 draft day trades. There were nine draft day trades during the first round, uh, the most in the first round since 2004 when there was 10. So will we see that kind of chaos again? I think it's interesting because I do think that the uh, the fulcrum points will be those three teams that had winning records that are in the top 10 because I do think Andrew's point is very, very on uh, on spot on. I think it, it's... Uh, 
if the quarterback you want is available and you need a quarterback, what are you willing to give up to move up to take that guy? And are any of these guys worth moving up for? We'll discuss all that tomorrow, uh, a Monday afternoon quarterback, but on Thursday style with Marty Mornawig. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Please join us tomorrow between 4 and 6, but Coach Marty will be here at 5 o'clock. More NFL draft, a quarterback-heavy uh, analysis of uh, this first round. We will have the NFL draft live for you here on ESPN Radio starting at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. We got free wings for you. We also got Stanley Cup playoff discussion. NHL is his go-to. Mike Anderson, Grizz head hockey coach, and our go-to guy as well when it comes to talking National Hockey League. That's next. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. You have been heard. Uh, we've heard from Aladia, and uh, I've been pleasantly surprised and uh, also very impressed with uh, just how many hockey fans there are here around Missoula. Uh, we've had a, a small hand in helping bring Grizz Hockey back to the fold. It's been great for us uh, on the station as well as on our ESPN MT app. You out there have been showing out big time for it. Sold that place out pretty much every game for the last two years. So that's been cool. Uh, so because we um, saw the, the sort of interest in hockey, we then added the Seattle Kraken. And in fact, the, the Kraken added us as an affiliate station. So we've played, uh, I don't know, probably 65, 70 of the games of the Seattle Kraken over the regular season. And now uh, they're into the playoffs playing the defending champion, uh, defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. And so I was thinking, uh, the, the the interest is definitely real. We also have a great sponsor here at Nuanas Now, the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, where it's a great place to watch hockey. So I thought, let's just implement a spring and summer hockey segment and get to hang out with one of our good buddies. Mike Anderson uh, in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. He is the co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey Team, but also a guy that's just really fun to talk NHL with because he follows it really heavily. What's up, man? Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love doing this. This is actually I used to do this with Tutel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, so I really enjoy this kind of stuff. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, so Mike will be joining us Wednesdays here at five thirty, and so every week uh, we'll talk Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll give you some free wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Despo has the best wings in the city of Missoula. I can't think of a better uh, afternoon or evening pastime going down the Despo, getting some wings, watching some hockey, drinking some beer. Uh, it's about as good as it gets. Um, call us right now. We got a dozen wings to the Despo, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number four. We got a dozen wings for you uh, to the Desperado. It's our Wing It Wednesday like we've been doing 11-plus years now on Wednesdays here uh, at ESPN Radio. I told you before we came on, I said I'm going into this thing almost completely blind. I followed the Kraken just because they're on the radio here almost every night. That's given me a little bit of a gauge into the um, – 
the West, uh, but I'm almost completely blind when it comes to the East of the NHL, other than the juggernauts that is the Boston Bruins. One of my favorite podcasts I listen to is the Bill Simmons podcast, and uh, Simmons is my go-to guy for NBA talk. The only flaw Simmons has is he's an egregious Boston homer. He loves all things Boston, and so he has been talking nothing but Celtics and Bruins the last couple uh, of months, and uh, Bruins are a juggernaut this year. I mean, I, I didn't realize that they won 65 games. That's like a historically good season. It's the season. best record ever. Is that really the yeah, best record ever? It's the best getting... record ever, and it's not being talked about enough across the sports world, right, obviously. Right. But it's been a – and without real um, – Big names, like huge superstars, sure, I mean, Marshawn sure. and Bergeron and all those guys, and, and McAvoy are great players, but yeah. it's not done by McDavid or Matthews or the guys the NHL is really trying to push. It's an older team. It's a really deep team, and they just came out from the jump with a new coach and just from the first 10 games of the year when they had a ton of injuries that should have started slow, they haven't stopped since. The overall record, 65, 12, and 5. That's insane. That's 135 (laughs) points. I mean, they won, the Maple Leafs, for example, won 50 games and still finished 24 points behind the Bruins in the Atlantic Division. A goal differential of 128. I mean, that's more than twice as much as anybody else in the NHL. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and they did. I mean, obviously, David Pasternak has, I think, 60 goals this year, so they have that superstar uh, in that guy, but it's really a, just a really deep, talented team. They have skill throughout the lineup, which is something I love, and they play a really, you know, heavy, fast-paced game and got great goaltending this year, too, between all, Allmark and uh, Jeremy Swayman, I think his name is. Those two have been great for the Bruins. So, And they've held on to it for the first round. Sometimes President Trophy teams lose that first round. Right. And it's sort of a thing in the NHL. So I'm, I'm glad to see they're up 3-1. I think they finish off Florida tonight. But Boston's a really, really good team. That's an interesting fold, right? I mean, in the NBA, and these are always going on at the same time, so there's always a lot of comparing and contrasting mm-hmm. between the NBA and the NHL. In the NBA, there's only ever been a couple eight upsetting ones, right? Like, I remember when the Golden State Warriors did it with Baron Davis once upon a time. Uh, I'm thinking, like, the Nuggets back in the 90s. But it is few and far between. It happens more often in the NHL. Why Why do you think that is? It's because hockey is far more dictated by chance. Right, there right. Is just, there's not enough uh, events, if you will, using, like, sports data talk to sure. where skill is going to eventually take over. Right. And then you get these tight seven-game series where it's the same team over and over again, and you get all the emotional part of it. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, bounces aren't going your way. You start to not believe you can win, and that's when you're really in trouble. So I think it's just a, one of those sports where chance has a bigger role, and that makes it fun. It also makes it really frustrating uh, to be a fan of and to play. Uh, but Boston so far has pretty much handled Florida, at least on the score sheet. I was reading today that Florida's actually been dictating more chances and playing a bit better of a game. But that tends to happen sometimes. You just never know who's going to pull it out in the seven-game series. We'll see if the uh, the favorite can move on uh, tonight. That game actually, uh, I think, already going, or at least about to start. Uh, it's, yeah, I think it's about 10 minutes uh, in. Ten, right about 10 minutes in. So uh, the game's in Boston. Uh, the Bruins up 3-1. to one. Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey uh, head coach, here with us like he will be every Wednesday. Until the Stanley Cup playoffs are done, so we'll be hanging out for 
Well, I don't know. Couple, next couple months here on Wednesday, so that'll be fun. Um, what else do you like uh, in the East? Uh, what, what, is it, what are the other intriguing series? The, to me, the most intriguing series on both conferences, but especially the East, is Toronto-Tampa. And, yeah. and those two teams. So tell me how the seeding works in the NHL so playoffs, dumb. right? Because it's so dumb didn't culture. those two teams have two of the best records in the Boston, NHL? Boston, Toronto, and Tampa were the top. I think top four in the in the right, East, and right. they're going to all have to play each other. Like Toronto and Tampa are playing each other now. The winner of that will play Boston. <laughs> so, so is that because of, of divisions? Teams, yeah, because they do it by division. Right. Okay. And I think it's completely idiotic. And the NHL wanted to have these rivalries, and they're really pushing this idea. But ultimately, all it gets you is. Every once in a while, it's not every year, but more so than not, right. you get top teams not having the easier route like they should. Like, what's the point of the regular season if it doesn't right. give you an easier path right. in the playoffs? Right. Like, it doesn't make much sense. The Maple Leafs, the two seed, and the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the three seed uh, in the East. So that, that, shows, that shows exactly where we're at. So that series, though, like Toronto is... They haven't won a first round since 2004. Which is fascinating because they have such a rich history before that. But they, hadn't won a, they haven't won a cup since 67. Unbelievable. So this isn't like, it's, it is like the New York Yankees of the NHL in the sense that the importance in Canada of that team is that scale. For sure. And their franchise value is the highest in NHL. I think it's one of the only over a billion. It is a brand. Well, we also but, forget because we're so, we so sometimes think so American-centric. Oh, yeah. But Toronto is, if Toronto was an American city, it would be a top five city. I mean, you're talking about uh, on par, like the size of Chicago, right? It's a big city. Toronto's probably bigger than Houston or Phoenix or any of those cities, right? I don't know about, Houston's way bigger than I No, for sure. But but I mean, all I'm saying is Toronto is in the big market category. It's a huge city. It's super uh, multicultural and diverse. And they love the Leafs there. And so to see them, I really hope they win. They're up three to one right now. They were up three to one on Boston, like I think it was oh, six, seven years ago, and they ended up losing this series. So there's a lot of PTSD with Leaf fans where they're a little, they're probably not certain this is going to go their way, but they're they're playing really well. And then the defending, you know, defending Eastern Conference champs, Tampa, are right there though. So you never know. It's going to be tough to close them out, but that's the most intriguing series to me in the East because it's two very skilled, talented teams. And uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Back-to-back overtime games uh, in yeah. that series as well. Uh, how about uh, on the Western side? What, what, do you, what are the most intriguing series there? I mean, I guess let's first start with the team that we've been carrying all season long, the Seattle Kraken. They got a little bit of an uphill battle going against the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. But it was a good year for the Kraken, uh, one of the new teams in the league. Yeah, I think Colorado, they're tied at two right now. They play again tonight, a huge game. It's in Colorado. If Seattle can pull that game off somehow, they have a chance. I think whoever wins game five wins the series here. It's just really hard to to close them out. And Colorado's so deep and skilled. And Seattle is a really good team. They actually they should have been better last year than they were. A lot of people thought they did a far better job than Vegas. And Vegas sort of, when they were first year, had that magical run. But right. it was magical. Right, totally. Like Seattle's a, a legit good team. Uh, Vegas has maybe two guys from that original team still around. Just to show you that it was a bit of a totally know, some some magic going on there. So Seattle, they finally got good goaltending this year, and it's showing. And then they play a very structured uh, game. They're very deep. They lack superstars, but uh, which usually keeps a team from winning a cup. But they're a lot better than I think most people thought, and they've given Colorado a lot to handle for sure. What do you think of just sort of the emergence of of pro hockey in Seattle? I mean, this, this became very very popular right away. Yeah, I think there's a huge history there. For sure. Seattle Millionaires, uh, 
the Seattle, they got junior teams there with the totems, and they've had hockey's been there for a while. Uh, NHL wise, though, I think it was a very smart move to go there. A very a much a lot of hurt feelings and a very passionate fan base with the Supersonics that was ready to embrace something in the winter. I mean, the Seahawks fans are crazy there, and the Mariners for they still draw like for sure. So it's a huge sports city, and so it's really good for Seattle to get an NHL team good on the NHL. And from what I've seen, it's been huge there. And I know we have some friends here who own some hockey stores over there that are for sure trying to get in on that too, and it's going well for them. So it's certainly certainly an emerging market. Hopefully, for Grizz hockey, we start to see some players come out of there that that uh, we can get a chance on. So it's, it's good to see because the PNW, I think, needs needs more hockey for sure. For sure. And it's always funny, too, because the Pacific Northwest, even though Seattle's a huge city and Portland a big city for this neck of the woods, it still sort of feels like an outpost, like it's isolated. So they just glom on, right? Like anything that – I think you can start any sort of sport in Seattle and people would be into it because you got the population to draw from, but also there's just sort of this attitude like, well, don't forget about us. We need something to do. Look at the Sounders. Look <laughs> totally. at the Portland Thorns. The right. women's pro soccer totally. team draws like 30,000 fans yeah, I mean, a game. Yeah, I like, know, the Portland Timbers. You, yeah. I mean, they're just – Yeah, like, you put their – Seattle, Portland in front of it, people there are going to latch on for sure. <laughs> well, very fun. Uh, Seattle Kraken will be on these radio airwaves until they are uh, out of the playoffs. So, uh, And maybe they won't be for a while. Maybe they'll make a little bit of a run, but very fun and uh, cool for us to be the affiliate of the Seattle Kraken here uh, in their second season uh, in the NHL. Grizz hockey head coach Mike Anderson, our go-to guy when it comes to NHL analysis, joining us here in studio. Um how about the uh, probably the most well not probably I would say certainly the most brand name player in the NHL right now is Connor McDavid for good reason uh, he he's if you haven't watched this guy he is um, he's so fast the camera has a hard time following him half the time you're watching him you're like is this guy going to get hurt because he goes so fast and he's sort of out of control sometimes but he's not out of control he's just such an unbelievable athlete. And uh, the way he moves and the way he attacks the goal is is unreal. So, uh, I mean, that's why Edmonton's one of the favorites in the Stanley Cup playoff, right? Yeah, I mean, he's the pretty much not the sole reason because Leon Dreisaitl is, if anyone's near McDavid, Dreisaitl is one of those guys. McDavid's the number one, not even close. No one's really all yeah. that close to him. But that next tier, Leon Dreisaitl is a part of. So those two are really the only reason Edmonton has any shot. They're incredibly talented hockey players yeah. and they're uh, McDavid's super he's driven this year he really wants to win a cup I have trouble seeing Edmonton winning because they just don't have very good D and their goaltending is a little bit shaky yeah. but they'll get past LA I, I think they had a really good game last night and they'll go as Mc, McDavid as far as McDavid and Drysaddle can take him and as far as two guys can really carry a team we'll see but it's a it's really cool to see McDavid do well in the playoffs because for a while it was like he can't do it. It's like guys, it's a it's a twenty guys in this team. He's on the ice every third shift. Like sure. he can't do everything. Right. And he he had, I think one hundred and sixty points this year, maybe one hundred and forty or something. Just something that hasn't been done since the early nineties. Since Gretzky, probably. Yeah, right? he's he is the best player in the league by far. Mike Anderson here in studio talking all these Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we'll be doing this every week, so a lot to get to still. But I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, from what I'm hearing, and from what I I observe too, it seems like the, the the three most prominent factors in making a run to, at the Stanley Cup are goalkeeping, having a superstar to kind of carry the day, and maybe most importantly, just playing really well right now. Rank those three. Oh, that's tough. I think goaltending will have to be number one because only because if your goalie's bad, you're done. 
If your goalie's bad, you're done. And if your goalie yeah. gets on a wicked hot streak, you then might go, you all, can the go way. all the way. Look at Dallas a couple years ago. For sure. I mean, the Knights had a great goalie when they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, right? That'll take a team who's not very good to the Cup Finals, but rarely winning it. Yeah. It seems to sort of run out around games 13, 14. I would then say being hot is number two. Yep. And then uh, number three, having a superstar. They're all super important. Another thing I would add is special teams. Yeah. Uh, the wild. Dallas series, which is crushing me over here. because Mike's a Minnesota guy. He's a big wild The fan. wild cannot kill a penalty to save their life, <laughs> and it has cost them this series. They're going to lose it. It's over. Our superstar is hurt because... Some dude cross-checked him three times, probably broke his rib. Oh, it's, been a rough, it's been a rough go. Um, so I would say those four things. If you have good special teams, if you have superstars, you need those to win. You need a hot goalie. and You just need to be getting the bounces at the right time. Every Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour, usually around 5.30, we'll give you some free wings, and we'll talk some uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Mike Anderson uh, in studio with us. Uh, we'll see you next week, man. Thanks for see being you. here. Good to see you. Thanks. No one is now ESPN Radio. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll get you all set up. Keep it right here. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here are some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, um, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. A couple weeks ago, I never and I didn't dive into this. I actually said this on the show, but I didn't actually research it further, so I'm still curious. For whatever reason, on Twitter, Janet Jackson was trending, and I only clicked on the trending part of it and then, then saw this massive argument on Twitter about Janet Jackson and K-pop. I have no more information than that. Maybe I'll go down a rabbit hole and see what the heck they were talking about. Welcome back to Honest Now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you missed anything in the show today, all sorts of stuff today. Raekwon Battle headed to West Virginia. Isaac Jones uh, from Idaho into the transfer portal. A bunch of incoming Lady Grizz transfers from the D1 ranks. J.J. Dolan, Missoula Sentinel senior who's headed to MSU to play football. Malia Egan out of Colstrip High School, one of the standout basketball players in the state, chasing her Division I dreams. And we also talked NFL draft, NHL playoffs, all of the above. You can find it all on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold 
on game day or any other day. I gave you all my fun facts about the NFL draft, but I still have a bunch more to say about it. And so we'll do that with one of our favorite NFL guys tomorrow. During the 5 o'clock hour, Marty Morningweg will join us in studio. He is a uh, veteran NFL coach, spent more than a quarter century coaching in the National Football League. And uh, one of our go-to guys, he hosts the Monday afternoon quarterback with me every Monday afternoon during the NFL season. So we'll talk all things NFL draft with Coach Marty. We're also going to hear from Tucker Sargent as the Grizzly Cross team makes their way to the PNCLL uh, conference tournament. We'll have all the action of the PNCLL conference tournament, Grizzly Cross and otherwise, on the ESPN MT app. So look forward to that. And uh, we're still trying to figure out the scheduling, but maybe, just maybe, our good buddy, Rajim Seabrook, will join us as well. He can't come on live this week, but I think he's going to swing by the studio tomorrow afternoon because we have a few things to talk about with him, including the surging of his New York Knicks. Can the Knicks get it done tonight? They're up 3-1 against the Cavs, Game 5 in Cleveland. Uh, So we'll see a bunch of other NBA action as well. So we'll have a jam-packed show for you. Once again tomorrow, leading up to then the NFL Draft at 6 p.m. tomorrow evening. We'll see you tomorrow at 4. You want us now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.